Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Full. 11 points behind Tampa. You still have games in hand. Detroit continues to pull away. Detroit's 14 points up on the Sabres. So the idea of like catching a spot in the, West, in the, in the wildcard rankings... You know, two wild card spots might have been available for a little while, but it looks like you know Detroit's going to run and hide from you with seventy two points. Tampa with sixty nine. Either way, bench minor for Granado, and Tampa scores, and the Sabers do get one back. And then then comes the empty net scenario, which this has been something maybe we don't ask Granado about enough, and we will when we talk to him today. Which is, man, they are not. Good. They are a bit. They're clumsy. Their timing is way off when it comes to getting the extra attacker out. And I don't know if it's by design or if it's just they they they, they by design want to have things happen later or what it is. But man, what a mess trying to get Ukapekalukinen out of the net. Nate Geary joins me. Hey, what's up, Nate? Good morning. What a mess trying to get UPL out of the net. The Sabers had extended zone time for 30 seconds-ish, multiple times in that late third period. And by the time he finally comes out, Florida dumps it in the zone, and the Sabres make him retreat. You could just... go. Teams often will pull their goalie with the puck in their own end as part of a rush and be like, all right, let's go up the ice, let's gain the zone, establish possession. But you do it when the, the puck is in your own end. And here's last night, they were late to do it. You know, is it going to make a difference? Who knows? You got to give yourself a chance. Either way, it's a loss. It's a tough one, and we've got some questions for the coach and for Paul Hamilton about it as well when he comes up at seven o'clock. The bigger picture, if if I could allow myself one bigger picture, is UPL continues to be awesome. One of the best goalies in the league. He's awesome. Not just like good for their standard because their standard hasn't been good for the last. Seven years. No, but. it's been very bad. Yeah. And a fun question would be, what were you willing to trade UPL for a year ago? Is it like a duffel bag? A bag of grapes. <laughs> like old, older, like not even fresh grapes. Yeah. Seeded grapes. Seeded grapes. Yes, right. Yes. I don't even care if they have seeds in them. Nope. 
UPL is awesome. He is. And we got Marty Baron coming up at 7.30. My favorite question on the Sabres right now is, when do we get to treat him as real? You're not already? Guys have a good year. And he's had two full, really good months. Like, mm-hmm. really, like, top-level months. And I, I know you had Chad on a couple, maybe like last week. I can't, I, I can't remember if you asked him this about I UPL. I did. Chad Dedeminisis of uh, expectedbuffalo.com. His answer was this time next year. Okay. The, that long. The, the December. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not to say that what he's doing is nothing, but at what point can you say this guy is this good? Can I also ask the question, is he ever going to play this much again even when he's playing this well? Probably not. That's right? a good question. He is getting the load here. He's getting he is getting number one goalie load. Yep. He's ninth in the NHL in goals save above expected. To give that proper context, the Sabres in the last however many seasons, whenever we can check this, you go to moneypuck.com. He's ninth among guys that have played 30 games, which is what I care about. If I drop that down to 20 games, he might drop a few spots, but not many. 12th. Like the, the names here are... Shesterkin and Allmark and Swayman yep. and Bobrovsky and Aiden Hill and of course Hellebuck's number one. He's a top ten goalie. Mm-hmm. He's played. He has played like a top ten goalie. To give proper context, last season I should do. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. The twenty twenty three regular season. Okay. So last season in this department, the Sabers goaltenders. I just told you, Lucan in his top ten. The Sabers goaltenders last year. Anderson was thirty second. Lucanin was forty seventh. <laughs> You're right. I know. That's, that's a reaction that I would get all the time looking at Sabres goaltending stats. That's of guys that have played 20 games. In fairness, did if, any of those goaltenders get – no one has gotten an oppor- – well, I mean, no one's really shown that they should be given this sort of extended look, quote-unquote. But, I mean – The only guy that did was Levi at the end of the season. Yeah. And, and that was a time when they felt like they could not play Lukanen. Right. Right. And now they can't take him out. Because Lukanen, like, and here's the weird arc with Lukanen, is he really, since that second hip surgery, since he was in that World Junior, his numbers have not been good. Like, even in Rochester, like right now, Levi's down there dominating Rochester. He's got, like, the best save percentage in the league. He's got the most saves in the league since, since joining the league. Like, he is dominating the way that you would want to see a goaltender that you believe you have high future hopes in the NHL, to dominate at the level. He never did. Like, he had, like, three, like, like, I mean, what was his numbers in the AHL over the last two years? They were not good. So, it didn't, it doesn't necessarily always have to translate, but it really didn't look good at all last year for him. And to your point, you know, they weren't playing, I mean, they were playing Anderson over him at times. They were having to play, I mean, they are playing four goaltenders at times last year. It just is kind of remarkable. But, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you the the thing about Chad because I think this is an interesting case study in this, right? I think a lot of people will point to, probably Don Granato will point to, they're playing much better defense this year. Yes, they are. And how much of that better defense is helping him look better and have better numbers? I would think there's at least a percentage in there. But I guess my question, the reason I'm asking that is, if they went back to being as poor on defense as they were last year, would, would it still look this good? And if it did look this good, would they be really good in a defense that a team yeah. that doesn't really care about defense? 
It's an interesting question, and you know, goals above ex- saved above expected. That's about tracking and where the shots come from and whether or not it should go in. Blah blah blah. It's you know, advanced stats that I just tend to trust. It's a decent. Is it perfect? Maybe not. But for Lukanen and, and what you're bringing up, if this Lukanen were on the team last year, they make the playoffs. Second in the division, probably. Yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> it's not even a wild card. They, they make the playoffs easy, and. I, this is going to sound ridiculous, so just bear with me. I wonder if Lukanen being this good, they're about they've got to sign him. He's he's an RFA, so an extension for him and a raise. If he's your number one next year, which I think right now he is, if he's this good, a top ten goalie, then do you as a franchise lean further in this this year? They're going to miss the playoffs. It would seem. Uh, I, I'm pretty confident, been pretty confident about that for a while, as many of you may, maybe have as well, even though they're not mathematically eliminated. But it's a little bit like you have a goalie who will not be that expensive. And when the time comes to, let's say he gives them a, he gets a two-year deal on an extension for reasonable money, and then he plays great for two years, and the decision is, should we pay him $9 million? Yeah, right. Which that, is not a decision. No, that's that's a different conversation. But right now, you might get a young, cheap goalie who is playing great and... Kevin Adams said at the beginning of this season their Stanley Cup window opened, right? I mean, today, that doesn't look so great. But if they're going to keep things rolling and try and push forward next year, what I wonder is not how expectations motivate the GM, but how the goalie does. If he's that good, if he can continue to be this good, and that's why I think the number one question about the Sabres that's interesting is how long until you can comfortably say – this is who he is. I mean, Linus Allmark has consistently been one of the better goaltenders in the NHL in the NHL for a couple of seasons. UC Soros, Connor Hellebuck. You can count on a lot of these guys, the guys at the top. And there's some new names. So when a new name pops up, the question becomes like, all right, how how good can he be and how long can he stay there? Because you know how it works. Teams win the Stanley Cup and change their goalie in two years because they feel like eh, a lot of it's the same. If Lukanen is good. How much does that push the Sabres forward? Because we're all going to be looking at them this offseason like they should push forward if they haven't been slow to do that already. So anyway, Lukanen to me is the the story of the season right now. And he's he's fun to watch. It, it's been great. He's been great. His save percentage, their goals against, as you mentioned, since January 1st, they've given up the fewest goals in the NHL. Like they're, They are a good defensive team. And... You know, scoring is not yet returned. How much of that do you buy is luck? The defensive prowess or the the scoring? The scoring. I mean, some. Tage had eight shots yesterday. Yeah, some has to be considered luck. At least a little bit. The power play is a big part of it. Last year, Tage had 20 power play goals. And this year, he has 17 goals. Yeah. So the power play is a big part of it. If they had a power play like they did last year, which was near one of the best in the NHL, and now it's horrid. If they had a power play, they'd be a playoff team right now. I mean, I know that's like, really? Only that difference? Probably. Just that difference. Whether they get to overtimes or they steal some wins. But whatever. It's frustrating. I know. I get the feeling the Sabres are not panicking about their season. I thought last night's game was fine. You got beat by a better team. That's Every time they play Florida, to me, it looks like men versus boys to a degree. Like a mature team versus a young team. And the Sabres have to make that Florida jump that you know Florida has made. They made it two years ago. They won the President's Trophy. Last year, they go to the Cup Final. And this year, it's the third year in a row. They're looking to 
win the Stanley Cup. So they're they're better. There's no doubt about that. They have better players. But I don't think any. I, I personally, I don't say no one. I didn't come away from last night's game feeling like wow, another dud. It, no, it, I agree. It more felt like the second half Sabers are a different team than the first half Sabers. Lukanen's a big part of that. O- overall, they just look more competent, which is not saying a lot. It's a microcosm of games, though. It's yeah. not just start. first half season, second half season. It's first <laughs> half game, second half game. Right, start and give a, a goal in the first six minutes a lot. And, you know, sometimes, like, I know Paul talks a lot about, like, these guys, like, you shouldn't have to have guys be ready for games. Like, get up for games. Like, grind early in these games. And, like, the thing that Oposo says a lot is, you know, well, there we were chasing the game, you know, and that to me is like the most frustrating thing to hear. It's, it's I, I don't, I don't I have no real explanation on you get down early and then you start, get, you get out of your game, but you never get in your game. So like the idea that you get down and you start chasing the game and you get away from what you do well, I mean, it happens almost nightly and they scored first last night and they didn't necessarily go into a shell, but like, you probably want that first, that Sam Bennett goal. You probably want back if you're UPL. It wasn't a really particularly, he was screened a little bit, but I don't know, Jeremy. It's like the, the thing that I guess annoys me a little bit is the way that they talk about the first period, the struggles, the struggles at home. None of it kind of really makes sense to me. How do you struggle at home? Nobody struggles at home. Bad, bad teams struggle at home. Yeah, but they're fine on the road. In fact, you might say that it's, it kept their season alive last year. Their road games, and they talk about well, you know, the the teams together and whatever the reasons are that they're better on the road that are not at home. I, they're bad at weird at things that you would think teams would, at this point would be decent at or not bad at at least. It's just it's it, it continues to be like a hard to they're they're hard to explain. Yeah, well, a lot of the home struggles the players would like to explain it away, and Granado sometimes does as well as learning to play with expectations. That's Tage, that's Cousins, you know, big contracts, higher expectations. I don't know. You want someone to get their head in the right place, and the fact that it hasn't really happened yet is kind of troubling. Two years in a, a bad home record. Next up, Tampa Bay. They'll play the Lightning on Thursday. Vegas on Saturday. Jack Eichel could make a return. He's been on long-term injured reserve and skated with the Knights yesterday than a road trip. Their road trip goes through, I think, Monday. So they're here on Saturday, and could the Sabres be seeing Jack Eichel? It's possible. He's skating again. It does not necessarily mean he's on his way back. He's not in time for this game. 803-0550, if you want to th- throw us a thought on the Sabres and the Panthers from last night, we'll get to... Uh, Paul Hamilton, Marty Baron, and uh, expecting Don Granado today, a reschedule from tomorrow. Also, the Combine rolls on. I, 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 I'm excited to talk to Sal because I saw people tweeting from the Combine last night that there was a tornado warning and a crazy storm. And We got some of that yeah. stuff last so, night. A tornado siren going off and people oh. running to hotels and running to shelter last night in Indianapolis. That seems not yeah. ideal. Scary. Yeah, I'd imagine. So we'll see. Brandon Bean spoke with the media. We'll go through some of the things that he had to say. Uh, head head story at ProFootballTalk.com is uh, the Bills salary cap saved the Bills. They were bracing for a lower number. Okay. 
Good news, right? Good news yeah. to see the cap jumped up enough to make it easier on the Bills. I don't think it necessarily gives them an advantage. Every team that was over got help, and all the teams that got that were already under have a lot more space to sign players. So I don't think it means you necessarily have a better opportunity to get players, but you have more room to restructure your own guys if you want to. I think it means they don't have to be nearly as aggressive. They can they can maybe lean back on one guy that they were like, yeah. eh. Do we want to restructure this contract, or do we, maybe you don't have to do that with that guy? Yeah, it probably makes it so you're you can make your situation next year healthier. Yeah, have to do less, and of course, next year's cap increase will be what another thirty million, like yeah, it probably. is most years. So we'll get to all that, plenty to get to on this uh, this Wednesday morning. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Sabers lose Florida and Tampa next for the. For the Combine, for the Bills, I'm, I'm eager to go through some of the stuff Brandon Bean had to say. Some of the testing stuff at the Combine, that'll start to come out. We're getting rumors, trade rumors. You know, it's 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 Combine season. This is how it goes. We haven't quite reached full breathless hand measurement yet. <laughs> That's coming. Feels like the game, not the, not the, not the gig is up at the Combine, but mm. it's definitely, a, it, it's it's more like baseball winter meetings than it, than it is about players these days, right? All the stories from the Combine are going to be about teams talking to teams. It's going to be about well, competition committee, rule changes. We know McDermott's on the rules committee now, or the competition committee, I should say, and they're discussing kickoffs, and they're discussing the fumbles to the end zone, and, oh, by the way, here's a defensive lineman running a three-cone drill. You know, the Combine is for the for the teams. I know they air a lot of it, but it seems like it's an event to get to, to be seen, to... Just update everybody on on where you are, right? The entire NFL world descends upon Indianapolis for a couple of days or for a week. And you see if you get any good juicy rumors out of it. Justin, Here's one juicy rumor. Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams. You know what happened with them yesterday? With both teams? Not not happening. Their GM said it's not happening. I did not see Bean say that yesterday about Diggs. I was looking for that. He could just say that. He could. Did he? Was he even? Was he asked about Diggs? I didn't see anything about him being asked about Diggs. I, I, these guys are being asked about it, and also, maybe you don't even really want to. What's he gonna do? Proactively bring it up? No, I selfishly, for my own narrative purposes. <laughs> I, I mean, people love to ask why Diggs won't say he. Why won't he just say he's gonna retire here? Which he has said he'd like to. And I just always ask, why Why can't the GM just say, of course he's going to be on the team? Like the Vikings GM just did with Jefferson and the Raiders GM did with Devontae Adams. They don't have to mean, you don't even have to mean it. Nate. You can just say yeah. it. So anyway, I was looking for that yesterday. That did not come. Bean did not say that. I fully expect that Diggs will be on the team. Anyway, 803-0550. It's a Wednesday. It's kind of nice out. The temperature is going to drop very fast into the 20s, and then rock it right back up soon after. So plan accordingly. 803-0550, our phone number to join us here on WGR. Dylan Cousins, high slot, Greenway near circle, takes a look. Cousins scores! Shot from the slot by Dylan Cousins on the power play. The Buffalo Sabres take a 1-0 lead in Florida. Dan Dunleavy on the call. Moment of the game. A Dylan Cousins rip. Brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. 
Sabres fall to the Panthers by a 3-2 count. They'll play Tampa coming up tomorrow. Jeremy White, Nate Geary. Nate's in for Joe today. And uh, you can give us a call, 803-0550, if you'd like, one 888 On the Sabres, if you want something there, it's, uh, you know, we're more than happy to take it. Meanwhile, it's Combine Week. I want to say we got great news out of the Combine. And one of the potential rule changes that will not go through. Of all the things I'm really passionate about in terms of this rule should or shouldn't be changed, I'm really, really far in the, uh, whatever, very heavily convinced this rule should not be changed, and the end zone fumble rule proposal has died. Thank God. Stephen Jones said that, that the proposal to change the fumble through the end zone, which is a very punitive play, right? You fumble in the end zone, it goes out of the end zone. That's a touchback. There's been chatter about that should be a different sort of punishment if you do that. It happened in the Bills Chiefs playoff game. They got a possession out of it because Meagle Hardman fumbled through the end zone. You know, it's one of those spots, Nate, where I think you want to make a rule change, you've got to tell me what the other idea is. What's the alternate to this? What's the what's the correct penalty for fumbling the ball out of the end zone? And none of them really seem right. I, I think this is a good rule. It is one rule that goes for the defense that helps them make a play. It helped the Bills make make a play against the Chiefs. Without that play, they might get blown out by Kansas City. So make a play by the by the goal line. It's the ball carrier's responsibility, and that rule proposal has died, and that's great news. Happy about it. As it should. I don't think they should bring it back up again. I think it's it's it, a, it's an overly punitive rule. Agreed. Don't fumble in your in when you're going into the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm good with it. Yeah, me too. Some of the other suggestions were like, what, bring it out to the 20, make loss of down, have it at your at the 20-yard line. Eh, fumble's a fumble. You know, if you if you... If you fumble out of the back of your own end zone, that's a different rule than if you fumble out of your own one. Mm-hmm. The end zone is treated differently, and I, I fully support it. 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550 to join us. So, franchise tag stuff. 
Josh mentioned in the update, Legereus Sneed, franchise tagged by the Chiefs. And that probably means that Chris Jones, they're close on a deal, right? He did hold out this year. He did. And now he's due another big contract. So if you're Kansas City, you had a decision to make between Legereus Sneed or Chris Jones. Who are you going to franchise tag? Which is basically just a negotiating lever. Hey, we're going to use this with Sneed. And they've told him he can seek a trade if he wants. So he's he's his rights have been retained under the franchise tag. If he finds a team that wants to sign him, okay, we can go through those steps. He's free to do that. Meanwhile, we'd like to talk about a long-term deal with you and, and place this franchise tag as a little bit of a placeholder. It probably means he stays. And for Chris Jones, I don't know, maybe you're hopeful that he leaves Kansas City, but I, I would not. Why would anybody anticipate that's going to happen, right? Going to the Hall of Fame, probably. Win a bunch of Super Bowls. Continue to play with Patrick Mahomes. Be a game wrecker on that defensive line. Second round pick, Chris Jones. Perfect Bills draft. Hmm. Receiver and then find a Chris Jones. Another one. I mean, (laughs) Ed Oliver's pretty good. He's no Chris Jones. Not many guys are. Jones is consistently ranked a top 10 player in the NFL by the rest of the players. Chris Jones of this era is the second best interior defensive line behind Aaron Donald. And it's way closer than probably we'll ever probably talk about. I think the difference is I've seen some numbers on Chris Jones. Like what's the difference between Jones and Aaron Donald is that Jones sometimes doesn't really go all the way. Sure. Until the game matters fourth quarter or a big game like the Super Bowl. Just maybe the commitment's not there. And I say that because I've seen some numbers, some splits on like the Chiefs run defense in the first and third, first, second, and third versus the fourth quarters. And the flip side of that is Aaron Donald. I, maybe that's true of him too. I haven't, I've not seen the advanced numbers on Aaron Donald. But the stories about Aaron Donald go that they have to remove him from practice in order to have practice because he's, mm. he's too disruptive. Yeah. And I've never heard a story like that on Chris Jones. But those two are what? One and two. One and two. And, but I think it's really close. And, yeah, you know, listen, I think they're different players in that maybe what they'll be known for. I think Aaron Donald will be known for not necessarily what you are talking about, which is like, you know, the every down. Well, I mean, he'll be known as that. He'll be known as the every down guy just gives his all all the time. But he'll be known best for he kind of single-handedly on that last drive of the Super Bowl against the Bengals, won them that game. Yeah, I mean, he terrorized Joe Burrow. And I think, do I remember him? I mean, this is tough because it's an NFC guy, and I, it's not like I was zoned in on the NFC playoffs or had been like I am the AFC playoffs. But Chris Jones is going to be probably known as the guy is when the moment required a play, almost exclusively on defense for them, it had been Chris Jones. Think about the games that the Bills in those moments had been stopped by. Maybe not the first couple of games, but I mean, he makes he makes the play, beats Connor McGovern, I think, and hits Josh Allen right as he releases the football, and it falls incomplete instead of completing a touchdown to Khalil Shakir. And I don't know if the game's any different. Maybe they still win the game, and who cares? But that was a defining play of that game. Yeah, the play on fourth down, Chris Jones is right. In uh, right in the face during that during the Super Bowl, I mean, he makes the big plays when the moment needs a big play, 
And that has been the most consistent thing for me for Chris Jones is, yeah, maybe dogs it. Maybe that's the wrong word. But isn't that guy on first, second, and third down. But, man, it's just like, man, we need to play. That guy yeah. is always there. I, I think the term might be one that the Bills used when they went out to try and get Von Miller, which is, again, they play defensive line at different spots, closer. Chris, yeah. Chris Jones is a closer. He closes games. He has closed games against the Bills. That play you mentioned on the throw to Shakir, that's Dawkins who he's working. And Dawkins is good. It's funny on that play. Like, I think Dawkins does a decent enough job. And still, like Jones is right there in the backfield. So, Kansas City, you know, their, their offseason is what? Losing who? Not Andy Reid. He's getting a contract extension. He is. And says he, you know, he's not going anywhere for a while. Kelsey, no retirement rumors there. You know, as the Chiefs were on the way to winning the Super Bowl, you might have thought, well, you know, Sneed and Jones and Reed and Kelsey, are they all going to come back? And it sure looks like, at least as of right now, yes, they are all going to come back. And then, you know, free agency, we'll see what else Kansas City does. 803-0550 on the Bills. Brandon Bean talking yesterday about the start of restructuring season. They got Connor McGovern restructured. He said there are several others. Some are in their infancy stages. Uh, others a little further along is they got to try to find a way to get some money to spend in free agency. They won't be spending a lot, but, you know, extensions, restructures, all that. And then it's all about the draft, which is, you know, what we're all going to key in on. I'm excited about the draft, to be honest. Do you have a uh, favorite idea? You and I haven't talked about Not really. the, the wide receiver trade no. probably since the probably since the Chiefs game <laughs> and about needing more receiver help. Who's your favorite idea? We do wide receiver idea of the day on this show, you know. You got a favorite one? Um, Cost included. I mean, the idea of Malik Neighbors might sound great, but going up to get that guy might not sound so great. So is there a favorite idea, whether it's draft or free agency? Um, kind of, yeah. Um, I would tell you that one of my favorite ideas has been Troy Franklin. Um, because I don't know that, well, how fast he runs could be the difference between the Bills, him falling in the Bills' lap, and then and them having to move up and get him. If he runs like a four two eight, I don't think he's he's not falling. You're, if you want him, you're going to have to go and get him. Um, but he, to me, isn't he's maybe the exact opposite of Gabe Davis, which is maybe what I like. Um, he's got those strides where it's like, if you can get him the ball, he reminds me of a, maybe a less twitchy, but like a bigger strider version of Tyree Kill. And I kind of just want someone where when you watch Tua in Miami, Tua hits his back step and the ball's out. He's just like, here's, here's, here's the ball going up into the air. That guy can just run and go get it. Yep. And he's going to go run past a corner and go run past the safety. I kind of like, I kind of want that guy. Let me ask you a question about Franklin here. And, about the kind of receiver that would work with Josh Allen. I thought Chris Brown on One Bills Live made a really good point earlier this week talking about the, the, the type of receiver that Allen might want. And that's, you know, as the Bills are constantly chasing yards after catch and run after catch, he pointed out that Allen's the kind of receiver that he puts the ball on you, mm -hmm. right? A lot of the Bills' success has been to guys that can run and turn and hit a spot and – they don't have that many guys that have been able to turn that play, like let's say you're going to run a little hitch and then shake a guy free and get into space. They haven't had that much success doing that. Their, their yak numbers in Josh Allen's career 
have been low. And I only think that's partially because of the players. I think that's because of the, the type of quarterback that Allen is. So with that in mind, are you, you're looking for at receiver, I mean, probably two. But I wonder if there's if the Bills think about the type of receiver that fits well with Allen. Because as you go to Tua, right? Tua is a different kind of quarterback Very different. than Josh Allen. We know that. So the kind of the kind of receiver that fits with Tua, you want the, that guy to win early. Yes. And when he makes a catch on the run, you're 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 catching the ball full speed and you're playing to space and it's a track team. And I don't necessarily think Again, like if the Bills had Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they would use them in good ways. Yes, I agree. But I do think it's a little different in the way that the ball is going to be thrown to these guys. And Franklin, like he might fit any offense. Is he the best fit for the Bills? Um, I don't say that as if it's not. Sure. Just, you know, the context of the, question. of the type of receiver that would work well with Allen right now. So, because Gabe, one more thing, because Gabe Davis, we know the limitations that Davis might have. I do want to say Davis worked well with Josh Allen. Yeah. As a vertical receiver. For sure. But that was it. If you put Gabe Davis with a quarterback that can't hang in the pocket and extend, or in a offense that gets the ball out quicker, I don't think it's going to go too well. Like That's one of Davis' strengths, is getting open down the field. And this, this Bills quarterback, Josh Allen, of course, he holds the ball and looks for bigger plays. To yeah. me, that's a good matchup. You want a guy that has that skill set, but of course has more. Yeah, and right, of course has more. And I think the question that everyone sort of has to ask themselves is well, I think there's two questions. This the receiver that they select, if they select a receiver in the first round, you're selecting someone that steps into a wide receiver two role that ultimately this is the whole conversation, is that this person needs to be someone that eventually is your wide receiver one. And what is the shape? I, I don't think we should be asking what we want our wide receiver two to look like. It's what we want the future wide receiver one to look like. Yeah. And I think that's the important delineation that you have when you're talking about this receiver and who you want and what the type of receiver is. And maybe that's not Troy Franklin. Maybe Troy Franklin's not that number one type. Maybe he is more of a specialized number two. But if I'm talking strictly about if I'm looking for a more specialized number two, what I want that number two to look like. I don't like, and, and this isn't a shot at Keon Coleman because I think he'll probably end up being a, a pretty darn good receiver. I don't want that mold to be what I've had in Gabe Davis. That is really the one trick pony. And I think that with Troy Franklin, he's speed personified, but I think he's more than I can just run a straight line down the field. I think he can run those routes. And here's the thing that you're talking about with the deep ball. And I think this is a super important point for people to understand is Josh Allen. There are probably three quarterbacks in the game. Mahomes, Allen, Herbert. I'm trying to think if there's a real, there's another one in there. Um, They defy conventional rules for deep balls. You don't want to put Stroud Stroud there? Okay. No, 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 I don't. Um, And here's the reason why. It's not that I don't think uh, that C.J. Stroud has, an, has a great arm. I think he does. I, I haven't maybe seen enough of him in the NFL to say that I'm going to put him in this group. The reason I'm putting him in this group is because those three, from an arm strength and timing and how they throw deep balls, is as unconventional as I've ever seen quarterbacks throw a deep ball. And what I mean by that is your rules on a nine route, on a go route, are you hit the back step, and that ball's got to be out. And the reason it has to be out is most quarterbacks can't hold on to the football 
and throw it 65-plus yards in the air accurately with, you know, arc and put it in a bucket. There are is such a rare trait. When you hold on to the football, the timing of those routes become very difficult. Very few people can overcome the, the constraint of timing on those throws. Allen can. But they're not as accurate on those deep balls because of that. Because you are literally putting... If Allen could hit the top of his drop and make that a 35 or 40-yard throw instead of a 65-yard throw, your margin for error is much larger. Mm-hmm. Right? And you could put the ball higher and let guys run under it more. The problem is, is Allen throws that deep ball on lines that almost no one else can throw it. Yeah, the ball doesn't leave the screen like it does with Russell Wilson. Right. Yeah. And that makes it, when you see overthrows, no one, I'm going to say this, Allen is one of one. Nobody overthrows guys 65 yards down the field. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Nobody does. So it's a little frustrating sometimes when you see that, but it's a, he's just a different animal in that. So like for me, I want a guy that, Allen looks at and goes, that guy just took two steps and he's already past the face of that corner. Flick, throw it up in the air, take a little off of it, and let a guy go run underneath it. And to me, that's what I think this offense from a deep ball perspective is missed. If you're talking about what I'm talking about, Gabe's fine for that role. Because he can, if it's a jump ball and he underthrows it a little bit, Gabe's going to be fine in that situation. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really like Troy Frank. And the other guy that I'm starting to fall in love with, Javon Baker. Yeah, Javon Baker, UCF. The wide receivers run on Saturday. That's when we get the 40 times. No Marvin Harrison Jr., no Malik Neighbors, Adunze will run. Of course, Troy Franklin is one that could uh, boost his stock with a with a good time. 803-0550 if you want to join us. Uh, Nate with me, Nate Geary, with me, Jeremy White. We've got contests and giveaways and a bunch of them today. How many are we running today? Five. Five contests. All right, be ready. It's decent. Have have the number ready, 716-2214-WGR. Not right now. Just have that number ready because you don't even know which contest we're going to do when we get back. We're going to do one. Then we're going to talk with Paul Hamilton, Sal Capaccio from the Combine, Marty Braun. Lots going on. 803-0550 on WGR. Okay, B caller five or six. Callers five and six will win. A pair of tickets to the Outlaw Music Festival with John Mellencamp, Bob Dylan, and Willie Nelson at Darien Lake, September 27th. Tickets go on sale Friday at Ticketmaster.com. Tickets courtesy of Live Nation. Callers 5 and 6 to 221-4-WGR. Win a pair of those tickets. Jeremy and Nate will talk with Paul Hamilton in just a moment. We'll also get to... we got to get to this, this suggested trade for Josh Allen. I mean, it is... Enough talking about free agency is silly season. February is silly season. Yesterday we had conversations about, will Justin Jefferson get traded? And today there's a gentleman who works for CBS Sports Radio that thinks the Bills should trade the the, the quarterback of the team for the first and ninth picks in the draft. Josh Allen could be traded to the Bears for the first and ninth picks. It's a take. It's a take. He suggested the trade and then uh, then asked the question, who says no? <laughs> what? <laughs> who says no? Some some people. Some people say no. I haven't even done this part of it, but I'm going to do this very quickly. Josh Allen, what, what would the cap hit be for the Bills if they traded Josh Allen? Right? I mean, he's... 
It's the most preposterous thing you can imagine. If there you go, Nate. If they traded him for the first and the ninth pick, uh, the 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 cap hit I believe for the Bills would be fifty six million dollars. Oh, that's it. Fifty six million dollars. That's it. <laughs> All right. It's that line from National Lampoons, right? I, I couldn't be more surprised if my woke up and my head was sewn to the carpet. <laughs> if the Bills had tr- traded Josh Allen, who, who, anyway, we'll play we'll play the clip where he breaks down why, of course, the Bills would do this. The first and ninth pick for Josh Allen. It is combine season. We need some free agency to get started. Yes, we do. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Paul Just Hamilton some tampering. Yeah, legal tampering. tampering. Legal tampering is uh, about two weeks away. We're getting closer to legal tampering. Yeah, it's Monday the eleventh. Jeremy and Nate with you. Nate's in for Joe. Paul Hamilton on the other side as we uh, look at last night's Sabres game. We'll talk with Marty Baron. I want to ask him about UPL. He's coming up at seven thirty. Um, you know how real this is. And Don Granato rescheduled. He'll join us in the eight o'clock hour. Sal from the combine. Lots to get to. Also going to remember. Uh, spend a little time today remembering Chuck Dickerson. Got the news today, uh, this morning. Woke up to the news that uh, Chuck Dickerson, former m- former host here, sat in this chair, talking to this mic- microphone I'm looking at right here. Uh, he's passed away. So I've got some thoughts, some things to share on that because I, I do have a little crossover with with Coach, the Coach, Chuck Dickerson. So if you haven't seen that online, uh, a bit of news passing around this morning. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 